Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, beatboxing and bad Christmas movies. It's like saying the letter K, like K, but you kind of say it inward. You know, it is a battle, so it kind of has that that more aggressive kind of uh, head-to-head mentality where you can kind of call them out and you're like, hey, bro, like, you know, that's cool, but you keep spamming the same thing, you know, like, if you're doing anything and people can't see and they can't understand it, right? Don't let that discourage you, especially if you can see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. If you can, you can understand it and grasp it yourself, you know, you, you should, should do it for you. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is one of the best beatboxers in the world. And I think the best way to introduce him is just to let you hear it. This is beatboxing champion Pono Akiona. I have an idea of what beatboxing is, but how do you define beatboxing? What do you consider it to be? More or less, it's creating musical tracks with uh, different body parts, mostly like your mouth or your nose or your throat, your tongue, like that general region. How did you get into this? In 2016, I started beatboxing because I saw... A video of another beatboxer, his name was Ozellus, and for some reason that was the one that that stuck with me because before that I've I've seen a couple of other beatbox videos, but for some reason hearing him, I really thought like wow like I really want to try that I really think I could I could do that, and from there I remember just trying to do like the fundamental sounds and. I picked those up really quick. Like I could just do them. Like after hearing them, I I could do the fundamentals. I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. And then from there, you know, I just practiced every day and I went down this rabbit hole and then it was sucked in. I could, you know, never get out. Now, was other music like that for you or was it just this specifically? Mainly this one. Uh, Before that, I had uh, some musical experience, but nothing, nothing really you know, scratch that itch for me like like beatboxing does. So what kind of defines it as being music versus noise? I would say what makes it music is the fact that you can turn into like an entire like a piece, you know, it's a whole track. There's like 
there's rhythm to it there's a flow there's it's a whole uh it's structured like a song um and then there's there's certain beatboxers that have even you know made careers out of it where they perform for a living when you you mentioned before like the basic sounds what are some of like the basic sounds could you give us examples of of those so the basic or fundamental sounds are your typical drum kit so you've got like the kick drum right or the hi-hat or like a snare so like or so if you put them together just simply it's a something like that i'm fucking shocked i can't believe that sound comes out of your mouth and that's a compliment right like that was so clean and clear and sounded like the instrument that you were imitating that my mouth just dropped I was like holy how the hell do you do that well for one lots of lots of work i, I practice you know every day pretty much but um to, to give a quick breakdown of the, the those simpler sounds uh, for your kick, you just want to, uh, it's like saying the letter B. So B, B, and then you push really hard with your lips. So instead of B, you put a lot of pressure, B, 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 and then you remove uh, your vocals from it. So and that's a kick. And then your hi-hat, similar, but with the letter T. So T. And then the, the last one would be the hardest one. It's, it's your snare. So for the K snare, it's like saying the letter K, like K, K, but you kind of say it inward. And there's uh, your fundamental sounds. Okay. Is it that hard to learn how to do it or is it maybe just me that like I have I have no musical talent. So to me you might as well be inventing a rocket ship, right? Like I <laughs> is it that hard to do or is I it mean, just like man you got it or you kind of don't. I think anybody can learn those those sounds. It might take a lot of work uh, because for some people, you know, it clicks more than others like just like anything else right whereas it, it for some people they just they they their brain understands it easier and they're able to pick up uh pick it up quicker but i i believe that those those beginning sounds are, are sounds that everybody is like physically capable of doing like you, you can you can eventually do it with enough practice um there are certain sounds that i feel like like you know there's just like some only like only like randomly just some people can can just do it and some people can't because like only a small number of people in the community know how to do those sounds but um i think more or less people can anybody can learn you can figure it out right like if you did it enough you're eventually going to be able to do it is it generally kind of harder to figure out how to make the sound or is it harder to figure out how to all right make this into a musical flow i feel like that's it, it really depends because some sounds uh it will be really difficult for me to to figure out and understand like 
to wrap my brain around it. You know, it's like, why can't I do this one specific sound? But then sometimes I'll get a sound and it's like really, really difficult for me to do. So if it's really hard to do, it's hard to um, put it together into like a beat. Right. So it's it kind of varies. But I think once you get the sound and you just practice it enough more, you know, often you can you can put it into a beat. But uh, that's not always the case. You know, there's, I still have some sounds that I'm not comfortable yet using in a beat because I don't feel like it's a it's met a certain you know quality for me to put in a beat you mentioned before like making a sound with your nose i don't even know how to do that like what's a sound that you would make with your nose one one that you would uh i I, okay actually maybe maybe not all of them like are generated from your nose but but it'll like it'll come through your nose like you know for example like humming right you hum hmm that's just come through your nose without um coming through your mouth I never even thought about it as be coming through, through my nose. I always thought it was coming through my mouth. Mm. I guess it is coming through your right. nose. So it's <laughs> passing through your nose, right? But even even though um, it's it's your voice, right? So it starts in your throat. Um. Mm. So is, there's a few sounds that that are like that, and then there's actually a couple sounds that are like through your nose, like you know, like you know when you snore. Some people use that sound in, in a beat, so like you know like that. I, I don't I don't really use that sound, but that that's that's a sound that, that people use that, that comes from your nose. There's definitely a ton of sounds that you can make, but I wouldn't say that a lot of them are necessarily like musical or good sounds. Like I make this right. weird sound with my throat, like <clears throat> it's itching the back of my throat and pretty much everybody who knows <laughs> me in real life hates it. But like I wouldn't say that's a musical sound. Are there ones where you're like, Oh, that's a new sound and you're like, Oh, that's terrible. I can't use that at all. Yeah, definitely. There's there's times where I'm like, wow, that I, like it's more so like a joke, you know, when I do. I'm like, wow, that's not good, but it's kind of funny. Um, but for the most part, I feel like there are a lot of sounds that, on at the surface, you might not think much of, or might not think there's a lot of uh, potential for. But if you explore it enough, because sometimes you can. We can layer sounds together. You can, you know, combine it with this sound and this sound or, or do a, a combo of like going from one sound to another sound. And sometimes they work better um, when they're when they're, you know, paired with something else or layered on something else. So like when you got started doing this, right, like obviously it's cool. It's impressive. It's unique. Were you ever kind of discouraged because I, I can hear, like, my grandpa and my, like, hey, that's really cool, Nick. Maybe play guitar, right? Was, is there ever that kind of stigma around it? You know, for me, that wasn't something super huge. I remember maybe started hearing that. Maybe, not, not directly, but people were, when, when people heard about this or, you know, saw me doing it, they might have thought, or, or they, they, you know, vocally said like wow that's you know that's kind of dumb that's kind of silly or whatever right but I, I never had anyone directly like tell me like you should stop you should not do this anymore like something like that right like that that never really happened in my um when, when I was first starting out um my parents and my family have been really supportive uh because you know at first I'm sure they were just like kind of like you might have thought like you know, oh, it's a kind of, it's a party trick or something, right? That's what a lot of people think of me in the beginning. But 
what you can really do with this and what you can really explore is uh there, there's a lot there's a lot to it you know there's uh the rabbit hole is very deep and you can do uh, a ton of things and people just often seem to not not see that and they, they just barely scratch the surface of, of what um can be done in, in the the public uh point of view so if they're if anyone out there you know if you're doing anything and people can't see and they can't understand it right um don't let that discourage you, especially if you can see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. If you can, you can understand it and grasp it yourself. You know, you, you should, should do it for you. We had an ice climber on here one time and he said something that always stuck with me in that regard. He was like, everybody's stupid. Everybody's crazy until they're not. And it's all a matter of when is it not? Right. Um, so how popular is this, right? Like, is it going up in popularity? Is it down? Is it about the same? Where would you say it is? I think it's definitely growing. Um, maybe not at as fast of a rate as it was a couple years ago, even. But it's it's definitely growing, and uh, at at least the interest of it. Not maybe not one like like the the community of beatboxers, but definitely the the people that support beatboxing. I think is getting a lot bigger because. A lot of the competitions are going viral and a lot of posts on like TikTok or Instagram have, you know, viral videos of, of beatboxers, people that I know, people that I consider friends even are blowing up. And I think that's awesome because it's getting some representation of what, you know, actually is beatboxing, you know, like, um, yeah, one, one of the, the best uh, crews. So like it's, it's a four people make up this beatbox crew they did uh america's got talent and i think they're like one of the top five most viewed videos on on the america's got talent channel and they're real beatboxes they're they're all like really well respected within the community as well so they're really like showing what you know what we are really capable of you know instead of just you know putting like whenever it's depicted in like a tv show or like you know a movie or something it's just like kind of like it's kind of a joke, right? It's not really ever taken like too serious. Can it move past, I'll just say like six, you know, the 60 second mentality, right? Where like, oh, that's really cool. Can I listen to a whole album of this? Do you think it can do that? Or is it kind of, I, it's, it is what it is. I personally do. I, I think it definitely can. There's, there's a lot of variety in what you can actually do with it because like like I said, people just you know haven't been given that that chance to see that. But I, I know um I know multiple people who have uh, released albums of just beatboxing and they've done pretty decent for themselves. And there's also certain people that that also you know incorporate beatboxing sounds into like produced uh, songs, you know, so that they'll sample like a a, a sound from beatboxing and, and things like that. So. Correct me here. All right, fill in the resume. Now you just won the American Championships. Yeah, the 2022 American Beatbox Championship, and the title specifically was for solos for the solo category. So it's just like one, one versus one. Right. Like okay, in a competition, what are you being judged on? Like how does that whole process work? The first stage is the video submissions. So everybody records a two-minute video. 
or no, one minute 30 video. And they selected the best 32 competitors to perform uh, live. And the live competition took place in, in Atlantic City. Um, so the, the judges picked their top 32. And from that top 32, everybody, they all performed live. And then from there, they, they chose the top 16 to move on to the battles. And the way the battles worked, is they were bracketed off. So one versus 16, two versus 15, and so on. Yeah, like a sports tournament, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then from there, both, you know, both both beatboxers have two 90-second rounds, and they go back and forth. They each go twice. So, like, let's say, you know, you and me were battling. They flip a coin. One of us chooses heads or tails. All right, you know, it's, it lands on heads, and I choose, you know, to go first. So I'd go, and you would go. And I would go, and then you'd go, and then that's it. That's time. They look to the judges. The judges will make their decision. You know, they'll vote either one way or another. Whoever has more votes goes on. That process is repeated until the final, and then, you know, at the final, it's, they, they declare a winner. Um, but the things they're specifically judging, uh, there's a really a lot to, to take into consideration, but it's, it's like your originality, your cleanliness, how well structured it is how how cohesive how coherent everything is like put together to make like a full like track versus like if, if it's like you know, segmented and stuff doesn't really like flow together and work together um and then there's like objective things so like is your timing good you know are you, are you keeping are you in time you know are you out of key um things like that are you playing the competition or playing the man so to speak right like are you gonna do your thing or like uh-oh my opponent went all hi hat. I better go snare. Like, how do you approach it? That's interesting that you you know you bring that up. It sort of both because for one, um, a lot of people, you know, including myself, they'll come to the competition prepared with set routines and set um, full like sets, right? So like, the, you have your songs ready. So because because that gives you the best chance of of like performing your best right because if you go up and you freestyle it's kind of a gamble right like you could like you could fall off or you could you know just re be really like on it right there in the moment so it, it's kind of up in the air so having a set like you know a set you're more it's more like solidified you know you've refined this over like you know months even and but what you're saying like you know, if they do something, does that impact what you do? Sometimes it does because you can either you, you'll I, I'll pick my sets um, specifically like who I'm going against because you know that that does play a play a factor in you know um, you know if you win or not sometimes. But in addition to that, some people also like to uh, counter, which is when you do. Uh, their beat or sometimes you can counter like their style and it's just basically showing like you know oh you know it's it's easy bro like i can do it too oh, you know, that's, that's yeah, nothing right like, sometimes people will do that just to like shut them down especially if it's like something that they've like it's like their really big highlight moments like oh look at this it's so crazy and you're just like yeah i can do it too like so what you know so it's sometimes that some people do that sort of thing and then there's also some like kind of trash talk that goes into it too you know nothing too like, insane but you know it is a battle so it kind of has that the 
more aggressive kind of uh, head-to-head mentality where you can kind of call them out and you're like, hey, bro, like, you know, that's cool, but you keep spamming the same thing, you know, like, just kind of like, just, just call them out on like whatever they're, you know, whatever they're doing that's, you know, well, yeah, yeah, just calling them out, really. That's just kind of part of the culture, right? It's back and forth. Yeah, yeah, because you're going back and forth. So, you know, they're doing their round, and then you're going to do your round. So you only have two rounds, so you really got to make it, make it count. Okay, but you're the American champ. Where does that kind of place in the world, though, right? It's like, is, is United, you and I are both based in the States. Is the United States like, oh, man, the American champ is probably better than everybody, or it's like, oh, it's the Americans, don't worry about them. I don't know how to be like humble about this, but I feel like in the in the comparing country to country, like America's at least number two. You could make an argument for number one, but the the three uh, heaviest hitters are probably France, which is probably surprising, right? You don't think France wouldn't have France thought is, of that? France is very like really good. France, the U.S. And then the third one is kind of a debate for it, but I would, I think it's South Korea. South Korea is really good. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Yeah, let's do it. Hardest sound to make, easiest sound to make. Uh, hardest sound. Let's see if I can do it right now. <clears throat> that one's pretty hard because uh, sometimes it just doesn't, doesn't land it like that. Uh, easiest sound to make. Are you always working on new ones? Like, man, I got this new sound. Um, not always because you kind of develop a kit that you're comfortable with, and then you you just go really deep into what you can do with those sounds. You know, instead of learning different sounds all the time, you're staying at like the surface, right? It's like if you you're growing like, you know, if your roots, it's like going out versus if it's going like down, right? If you just rooted in like your style. Is it harder to to conceptualize it, right? Like how many sounds will you go through and be like, that's not it? Harder to come up with it or harder to do it, I guess? Probably harder to do it because, I mean, sorry, harder to come up with it because coming up with sounds is not something that's like, you know, you don't make it in a lab, so to speak. You don't like put on your hand, I want to make a new sound, right? But it's, it's more like you accidentally kind of stumble into it or find it. You know, it's just like, well, naturally, come on. or you'll hear somebody else do a sound and you're like, oh, okay, that's, you know, now that's brought into the game, right? And it's like, okay, some people are going to learn it. Some people are not going to learn it. Is, do you have a signature sound? Yeah. Uh, it was probably that one I did earlier. The... Like, uh, yeah, that probably, probably that one. Is it, is it an open secret? Or is it very secretive, like how how you make those sounds? I mean, I could tell you, but I don't know if you didn't really understand everything. But I could, I could. Kind I'd of actually like to the, hear the, the explanation just to see how much I don't understand it. Almost. So the first sound, it's a it's a combination of, uh, like three 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 layers basically. So the first sound, underneath all of it, is inward bass, which is it's a bass created by breathing. In. That's why it's called inward bass. So it's like, you know, ha ha ha. That's the that's the sound. So it's like, <gasps> kind of like, you're breathing in and you're kind of getting this this sort of, you know, vibration in your throat. But that's the first sound. So, <laughs> and then on top of that, 
it's vocalized. So, you know, if you went, you know, if you just hum, right? Mm. But if you do that, like, inward, so. Mm, mm, mm. So, that on top of it. So, it's. And then on top of that, there's another sound. It's called a siren. So, uh, if you put your mouth in, like, kind of a V shape, like, if you're about to say the letter V. And then, so that, again, is you do it also layered on top of all those. So, yeah, that, that would be uh, that sound. <laughs> I don't know if it has a name, really. but You might as well be speak, speaking like Klingon to me, right? Like, breathe in, like how to make a sound <gasps> besides just being like out of breath. But were you like at that? Were you like that at the beginning? For me, a lot of the stuff was really like intuitive. Like, I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember the first sound I was like really stumbled on was, was the sound that, that the guy who inspired me, you know, zealous. He used to use it. Like that was like one of his main sounds. And I was like, how's he doing that? Then I remember sitting, sitting down and watching the, his like tutorial on it and then I, I got it pretty quick. So I don't know. For, for me, a lot of these sounds just, I'm really able to just pick it up pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, you get it or you don't, right? Like, I think you and I could sit here for hours and I'd still just be like, I can, I can make that sound. I can whistle. Like, you want me to whistle? <laughs> I can do that. Um, who's, and if it's you, man, say it's you. Who's kind of the Michael Jordan, LeBron James of beatboxing? Uh, it's it's not me. <laughs> um, but that, that's tough. And I remember actually uh, I was watching I was watching a another uh, segment that you did uh, where you asked that. And there was a defined answer. But for beatboxing, it's really tough because I don't feel like there's anybody who's had that legacy or had that like it, it's too young you know what i mean like, yeah that it, makes sense right it's really young where it's like there's a lot of really really there's a lot of people like kind of contending that spot but there's no one who's just like just just has it right there's no one that's like like you know that's like ascended ahead of like everybody else and they're just like this, this guy's the goat for sure like set in stone now can anyone make this their full-time living um, I think it's really difficult because I feel like in terms of like the mainstream, in terms of like how how much um recognition beatboxing gets, it's it, it's tough. I mean, it can be done. I know certain people who, who've done it. Um but and certain people who are trying who are trying to do it currently but it's it's really tough, you know, like like I'm not trying to like I don't want to I'm not trying to brag or anything. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I know, you know what I, you mean. I, just... Like like I I won the American Championship, like, you know, I won the title of like, you know, ranked number 1 in the US and I'm you know, I'm I'm still not doing it. So, you know, I feel like that that kind of speaks uh, to something, you know. Now, will I'll say like established artists or in 
you know, genres of music, will they ever contact beatboxers and be like, hey, I need you to come lay down this sound for me? Like, is it ever in the kind of music that I would hear on the Spotify Top 40 or whatever? Sometimes, sometimes. I, I can't remember the artist's name, but I remember somebody pretty big reached out to somebody that I knew, and he did like a like he did a beat for one of their songs, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head his name. But yeah, there. I mean, I think it's it's getting there more so with maybe not the top forty, but like you know the certain certain um certain songs that you might not expect it from for sure. Uh, we'll have it, but I, I don't think it's there yet. I think the just the general recognition from like you know the media and like the, the just the public uh, isn't isn't fully there yet because um, there aren't um, a ton of beatboxers that are just like just performing just just beatboxing like all the time and aren't like you know touring. But I think it will be for sure. I think it's growing pretty rapidly. So. By the time, you know, I would say in like 10 years, five, five to like, you know, 10, maybe. Okay, this is going to date me a little bit, right? But I don't know if you've ever seen the guy from like Police Academy. Can you, oh, yeah, yeah. Can you like mimic other sounds or is it mainly just around beatboxing, right? Like you hear a um, car alarm and you can, you right. can figure out how to do it or something like that. Uh. Sort of, because I, I can do certain sounds that sound like other things, but they're not, um, not like with the, I can't just pick up like a, you know, if you do a random sound, I can't really just, I can, I mean, I could try to like figure it out, but I couldn't just like, you know, just like that, just like, oh, I can, I can do it, right? But there's certain sounds that, like, for example, this is, this is one that I use like in beats actually, but it's like a, it sounds like a, like a bird. Kind of sounds like a like a chick or something. Yeah, it does right. sound like a bird, actually. That's but um yeah, I mean, just a couple sounds like that. Um yeah, so as you know, you know, or as I stated, I don't I think off air, right, you asked, but that's where I was from. Uh and I'm from Hawaii, right? And for me that's a really big thing that I'm super proud of, you know, because I'm also um Hawaiian. So that's something that, you know, uh there's not a lot of representation on top of that, right? So, like, even less, like, you know, of, of, like, the Hawaiian representation, but also the Hawaiian beatboxers and beatboxers from Hawaii. So, uh, for me, it's it's really important to just, like, you know, state it and, like, represent that, you know, that's where I'm from because I want to inspire more of the community here to, you know, get into it. So, if there's anybody listening out there and they're from, you know, and they're, fr they're from here, uh, Feel free to contact me. I would I would love to get in contact because um, I'm all about growing the scene here. I organized the, uh, the state championship and uh, I put that all together. And yeah, just wanted to, to briefly mention that. You know, you mentioned about forming, trying to, you know, forming a community and getting community in Hawaii going. Is there a place in the United States where like that's, that is the hub of beatboxing? Yeah, actually... It's the the uh, the East Coast. The East Coast is really like where it's at. They they have competitions out there like super regularly. There's just a sheer amount of people. It's just there's a there's a lot of people. Like that's that's really that's where it's at. 
for a lot of um so if you're on the east coast and you're beatboxer there's there's a ton there's a ton of uh uh you know you have access to a lot of things but as far as competing i'm not fully sure yet um i might do the world championship uh we'll see Uh, I, i don't know yet I want to thank Pono so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And we've also included his information in the episode description. So I want to take a second and talk about one of the sponsors of the show, BetterHelp. They are a fantastic resource for anybody who is going through a difficult time. When you feel lost, when you feel stuck, I can speak from personal experience that it really does help to talk to somebody, especially somebody who has been there and who has the training to really help you through difficult times. And as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% on, 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. All you have to do, just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't working, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be easier. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Pointless. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash pointless. Again, you use that link that we've included in the episode description and you can get 10% off your first month. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Can you beatbox? No, absolutely not. Have you? Will you try though? Just give me like fifteen seconds of beatboxing. Do I do I cover my? I feel like every time I see a beatboxer, they cover their mouth, but I don't really need. to. I think that's a media stereotype. Okay, I mean you you did it. Is but has there ever been something that like? you feel like you just understood how to do something that just made sense to you. Yeah, not really. Not, not, not really. Like nothing. I mean, I don't really have any outstanding skills. I mean, like that, like I'm not, I can't juggle, so to speak, you know, like something obscure like that. Like I could play sports. Okay. 20 years ago, but I mean, that wasn't even exceptional. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I've had some things that I could pick up pretty quickly, but nothing that I've ever been like good at. Like I could pick up certain things and get to maybe like a level five or six, but if I spent 10,000 hours doing it, I maybe would get to like a 6.2. Can we just talk about how crazy my hair is today? I mean, it looks it looks like you just got electrically shocked by a porcupine. Look at my mustache too, it's man. It's your mustache. is nice. just awful. 
I know I worry about like at my job because I actually have to talk to people, a lot of people every day. And I always wonder like what they're thinking. Like, is that a nice mustache? No, no one. Not a look, nice look, if you have to wonder if someone's thinking if it's a nice mustache, it is not a nice mustache. <laughs> right. If the question is even asked, the answer is automatically no. With facial hair in general, I would say, does this facial hair look good on me? If you have to ask, it does not. Yeah, you're probably right. Right. Well, whatever. Um, getting back to your original question. Uh, I mean, I, I pick up. Here's the thing. I would say that I pick up things pretty quickly. Like STDs? Now, that would mean you have to make love to a man or a woman. <laughs> right. Either way. Crap, I can't um, get that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I just think that I. I mean, I'm pretty quick at picking things up. Now, whether or not I can do them well is another thing, but uh, I, and I don't even know if this is part of your question, but I'm one of those people that if I make a mistake and I learn how to do it correctly the second time, I usually don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. I do wish I was really good at something though. I've always like, I just wish I had one thing I was really good at. Maybe think about it. You probably do. I mean, it could be things you don't even realize. Like maybe you're, Really good at being a good friend. Hmm. Maybe you're a good husband. Maybe your wife just secretly really likes you instead of outwardly hates you. I don't know. Well, she tolerates me. We're in the tolerating phase of the relationship, I think. <laughs> I would love to. Look, I, I don't necessarily, I don't even know what I believe in terms of the end of our lives. Like I go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But I would love to like get an evaluation of your life at death and be like, you know what? If you would have played backgammon. You had the potential to be the best backgammon player in the world, but you just never played. Like, could you imagine that? If there was something that you would have been in the one top 1% 1 in the world, but you just never got exposed to it, never had a chance to do it. But my philosophy on that is anybody can say that about anything. And if I was, if I was brought up in a household and in a school district, so to speak, where there was water polo, Maybe I, and if I would have ever gotten into it, maybe I, I can say maybe I would have been great at water polo, Would you? but I was never exposed to it. Would you feel super gypped though? Or just like, Mah, fuck, well. No, I mean, to be honest with you, the, the things that I feel gypped on have nothing to do with physical ability. <laughs> so, no. Do you want to, like, do you want to elaborate? I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to throw my parents under the bus. Well, you just did. But... But oh no, I know. I, and I, Shout out to Mama Show. Shout out to Papa Show. We're, we're we're all we're all right. We're raised by our parents, and we develop characteristics that are like them, uh, and some of which aren't the best. And I, you know, as I get older in life, there's things that I discover that I really like that I was never exposed to as a child. But it's you know, and I or or a teenager, whatever. And I, I wish I had been because I could have had this love of whatever it is for years instead of just now experiencing it sometimes for the first time. See, but I would say the same thing about myself. And my parents were pretty proactive in terms of letting us do new things. But I was limited by where I lived. Like I was raised in Derby, Kansas, where you're essentially look, and this is just how small places are. It's essentially the same exact person copied over and over and over again. It's not a lot of diversity in terms of things that people do and like, right? So I wasn't exposed to things that now I thoroughly enjoy. I was like, man, I wish I would have been exposed to that earlier. 
Yeah, like for instance, uh, you're a big rock climber. You're a big hiker. I would presume that you didn't have any of that growing up because you went into the middle of cornfields and kicked cows over. First of all, you don't kick them over. You push them over. And even though I lived in Kansas for, including college, 22 years, I never don't actually know a single person who ever pushed a cow over. You ever seen a cow up close, like been up close? They're fucking huge. Like you could no, not I, I push do, that thing over if you wanted to. I, I I do want to talk about a couple of things that happened this past weekend to me. One of which was seeing a Clydesdale horse up close and realizing how goddamn big those things are. And I was amazed. Like I'm a big dude, but you see a horse like a horse like that, and it's like wow, that thing is big and it's strong. It could essentially. Kill all of us if it wanted. Did you get a look at the undercarriage? What did you think of the undercarriage? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> what a question! Uh, I don't know if that, I can't tell if that's a yes. Okay. You definitely checked. You definitely looked, right? Like, are you the kind of man that looks at an animal's penis if you get it? If it happens to be right that's, there, I, I don't want to answer yes or no to that. But the fact that I'm then that's clearly a yes should give you the the answer. Yes. I do know a couple of people that have been like, look at the balls on that dog. Like, I, why would I look at that? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to look at a dog's like, balls. For the for the horses, like we were walking next to them. And it's it, it it's kind of hard not to like look. Right. Because it's just there. I mean, I listen, I could go on and sound like a real creep. I'm just going to say it's noticeable. It's hard to miss. And they don't wear underwear, for God's sakes. Why don't it more? I wonder if there's a company that has ever invented underwear for animals. Not just like dogs or cats, right, when they're kind of doing whatever their thing is. Like, not diapers, but underwear for animals. Like, can you get underwear for, like, a porcupine? Like, oh, I got a pet ferret and I need some underwear for it. Well, we make underwear for ferrets. I mean, I feel like every time we ask questions, we get answers from the most random of sources. Uh, but that's a good question. I wonder. And if not, we should definitely come up with a uh, non-itch, nice textured underwear for animals available in all sizes. Last thing on the stuff that we talked about. We actually got a voicemail from one of our favorite listeners, Greg. Shout out to Greg. About the idea, would you rather be a jack of all trades? Wait, what's the saying? Would you rather be a jack of all trades or a master of one? I mean, I, I that's just so tough. I guess I'd have to like, I'd ask all these follow up questions, but just to keep it simple, I'd probably be a master of one. See, I would play the percentages and rather be a jack of all trades because I'm assuming that even if I'm really good at this one task, I'm probably not going to be the best in the world at it. So it's probably like be able to make a living off it. So maybe it's better to be a jack of all trades. I guess when I think of a, like a master of one thing, I think of, you know, Ronaldo, LeBron, Tom Brady. Uh, and listen, it it would be great if you were that gifted. Thing is about like Tom Brady, I don't even know if he's that gifted. So now you have finally, finally, after all this time, fallen off the Tom Brady bandwagon. All right, let's move on. To uh, some <laughs> shout outs. Nick loves when I do that. Uh, all right, so let's it get some shout-outs here. <laughs> we're, we're children, uh, 
every time. We were Nothing wrong with being uh, a all right. child, right? I don't understand. Well, I get mad at people when they say that as like an insult. Like, oh, you're like a child. Like, who's ever looked at a child and been like, wow, that looks like their life sucks, having fun and enjoying everything that they do? Has anyone ever, uh, outside of your wife, ever called you a child? My wife has ever, not, ever actually done that. I think the only people who call me that are people who don't know me. I'm not sure a random person's ever told me that. It's people close to me that tell me I'm like a gigantic child. You are like a big baby. Samuel Tarley. Oh, God damn it. All right, we're going to move on from that. Uh, Let's see. uh, Joe Sands. Uh, This might be the worst one I do here, but we'll try. Also, some really good handles, by the way, this week. Um, So we'll go back here. Joe Sands. Uh, Tim Stetzel, uh, Matt Austin, shout out to a former co-anchor, uh, pretty active for us on social media this week. Anyways, Adrian Garcia, uh, going back here, Zach Szynski, his uh, handle is uh, Susan for a bruising. That's a good one. Thought that one was funny. Uh, Colin Woods, his uh, handle is Life in the Woods. Uh, Dylan Brazil, uh, Mikey Muniz, who for some reason when I saw that I kept thinking of Frankie Muniz and wondered if he's still alive. Uh, all right, and the last one here, and uh, I saved I saved this person for last because I thought they had a fantastic handle. I don't expect you to understand this, uh, but Willie True and their handle is Motley True. <laughs> yeah, it's just after Motley Crew, man. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. good. It's not like it's, it's the problem good. is is that as soon as somebody tells me something that like, hey man, this is funny, or like this is a great story. I immediately become less interested in whatever it is. You've built it up. There should be no building up. Don't let him turn you off, all right? I'm not. I'm talking about you. Like, don't ever, for me, don't ever build something up. If somebody's like, this is a funny joke, okay? It's automatically, like, you're climbing uphill. Why automatically start climbing uphill, man? I've been climbing up this this mountain for 227 out of 228 episodes, but here I am. Well, we have still climbing. Oh, who did the other three episodes? Because we're 230 now. We have 230 uh, well, only, fucking episodes. Only 228 uploaded to iTunes. Oh well, maybe we lost one somewhere. Probably <laughs> could happen, honestly. I I only know of uh one time that I got stood in for it because my child was being born. Two. And that's no excuse. I had child, children, and still put the whole thing together. Oh, was it COVID? Maybe. The, oh, well, I don't know if I've ever said that in the show. Uh, anyways. Um, no. All right. Well. It was early on. Children can be terrible. Can we admit that? Like, we love our children. But two and three are not trying ages. Like, I'm sorry. My oldest just turned four in a couple of months. Like, she just turned four in two months. And she is a walking, talking 15-year-old. I don't even know what to do. She's smarter than me. She's better than me at most things. Yeah, dude. It's terrible. It's only just beginning. I will say this. Great. This will be the last thing we say about parenting. Uh, my son is now six and a half, and it's fucking sweet. Because they can do stuff with you, but you can still beat them at everything. So you're like, you want to play Mario Kart? Yeah, I'll play okay. Mario Kart. Look at one Mario Kart. Take that. Little shit. Okay. All right. Let's move on. All right. You ready to hear a story? I'll make it real quick. <sighs> So my youngest uh, wakes up from her nap on Saturday afternoon, covered in throw up. Okay, and I mean covered. She had, and for lunch that day that had hot dogs. So imagine that it was. Yeah, that's a bad hot dog throw, throw up. up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. she goes. Uh, she goes on throughout the night, kind of throwing up, but we give her Pedialyte everything. So she's really just throwing up water, uh, and and, and, and some juices. I'm. Uh, we're putting him to bed. I'm reading him a story. 
It's where it gets fantastic for me. Uh, I'm reading him to was the night before Christmas. I finished the last line and Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And as soon as I said that projectile vomit everywhere again, it was terrible. Yeah. It's called parenting. That's what happens. Right. You're the only person that didn't find that story remotely funny. And that doesn't surprise me because you have no soul and you're a small man. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it, was, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, all right. Uh, so, the, so these questions are really these will be interesting answers from you. Uh, Christmas lights. Do you put them up? Don't you put them up? Uh, explain to me what Nick does in the Vinzant household for Christmas decorations. My Christmas decorations go up on the weekend after Thanksgiving. The only time I have ever broken that tradition is this year when I was like, fuck it. I'm not waiting for Thanksgiving. I'm skipping right past Thanksgiving and going the Christmas lights. And they went up in the beginning-ish of November. I've actually bought more Christmas decorations this year because I looked at my wife and looked at our neighbors and told her, you're not doing a good enough job here. Our neighbors are making us look (laughs) ridiculous. And we had an inflatable snowman that I've gone out there and had to fix 15 times. But I'm okay with it, right? We've got all white lights, which I don't think is appropriate. She was chastised appropriately because of that and that we need some color in the decorations. I'm done fucking around Mm -hmm. when it comes to it because the neighbors are starting to get more serious about their decorations. And I'm going to be out here like Clark Griswold in about 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) God, I hope I'm around for that. I, I really do. That would be fantastic. How many inflatables Just do you have now? Can I tell this story to make it faster? Because you tell it and it takes a little while. Sure. Basically, John's father-in-law loves inflatable Christmas decorations, and he has how many of them? I mean, we have nearly 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all seasons, though. We probably have... 30 Christmas oriented. Why don't you throw them away though, right? Because I understand that you are getting these gifts from another person, but at some point, like I'm throwing these away because I couldn't possibly give somebody 40 gifts of something and then be like, hey, wait a minute. Where's the three blind mice? (laughs) Actually, I know you don't want me to take long with this story, but uh, he's only been up here twice in, in five years, pretty much. The first summer or the first winter he did that, I refused to take them down because he put up no joke, like two dozen of them. And we all know, you know, once the ground freezes, it's hard as hell to get those things out, like the stakes out. So I literally just I literally I literally just ripped. I literally just ripped like, you know, the the fasteners away from the the uh, inflatables. And there was holes in probably half of that two dozen. Good. The next winter he comes up, he stitches all the ones that I broke. He replaces light bulbs. He does all this stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So I tried. God. I tried my damnedest. God. I bet. And he probably thinks you're a complete fucking idiot because he's like, look at this moron ripping up these good inflatables, yeah. not replacing the bulbs. He hates you. He hates you. Well. Well, let me tell you, it's it's gonna get worse. I'm not. It's only gonna. Get I'm not worse. gonna say it, but it's it's reciprocal. If that's the feeling, oh, you just I said can tell it. you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say this. I I, I had my I, I let my girls pick out five inflatables this year to put up. 
And I think we did a pretty good job. Except, uh, and this is nothing against uh, this community, but uh, they decided to put the LGBTQ plus unicorn, which is five feet tall, at the end of my drive. So that's basically the only thing you see when you're driving by my house is a gigantic LGBTQ plus unicorn lighting up the sky. So good, good. Which is great. I mean, listen, like I said, represent. Great. Hey. Uh, and then I also put Christmas lights around my 20 foot pine tree and thought I was going to die multiple times because just of the, the vastness of, uh, of doing, wait, that. did you go all the way up the tree? How far did you You're go? Goddamn right. Yeah, I was, I was on a 12 foot ladder on the top rung. I had, uh, made like a makeshift, you know, like thing with a hook on the end to kind of swing the lights around the tree and, uh. I mean, it looks good. It looks it looks great, but it took me a long time. You know, this is how you die, right? The, there were a couple instances where I'm like, I'm going over and I'm going under the tree because I don't want to fall directly under the ground. Um, but the worst I did was like like having to put my feet on a couple of thick branches, like one foot to balance myself. Okay, uh, but okay, right. Sounds like am, you got so. it done though. That's all that matters. You got it done. I did. I did. I did. And actually. I know none of you can see this at home, but you know what, Nick? Let's see the picture. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you the unicorn. Okay. Because I want. I want your take on this here. Let me see. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see if I can make it. All right. So. You got to back it up so I can actually see it. Okay. That's. Yeah, I mean that's representing the unicorn, right? Like that's just not. That's just not being. Don't mind my wife who is out there randomly doing stuff. That's just not being an ally. That's representing hard, right? Good for you. I, Put it out I, there. Hey, yeah, I'm. I mean, what did you think of the Christmas trees? Did you see the lights? I was just looking at the unicorn, actually. Yeah, of course you were. Um, Seemed good, terrible. right? It didn't wow me, but I didn't look at it and be like, "That's not a great job." I would have had a little bit more spacing between the inflatables. Your inflatables are a little bit bunched up. You need a little bit more spacing. Yep. Seems like it's probably confined to one side of the house. You need to spread those around. That also a has a story, by the way. Yeah, okay? well, it's, because it's too bunched my up. Fucking father-in-law decided to make my whole goddamn yard fucking, uh, you know, a death trap for these things. So I said, I'm not doing that again. Oh, okay. So is it your house or your father-in-law's house? <laughs> so it's your house. So then maybe it's time to act like the man of the house. <sighs> All right. Um. I don't. I don't want to talk anything more about him. So that should tell you uh, how much that means. Yeah, to just you um, got to spread out the inflatables. They're all too close together. Go redo that. Thank you. Uh, Christmas wrapping. What kind of wrapper are you? Are you like the tight wrapper? Uh, do you do it too loose? Do you not wrap at all? Give a, give me an insight. I do about sixty to seventy five percent. I am a great starter, but once I get to the corners where you got to do the fold thing, I fuck it up. <laughs> like I start out well, like if this was a hundred meter dash, like, okay, he's booking for the first 25 to 50, but then you see it start to fade and then it really collapses. For my wife though, I do like to write, wrap some presents, like just make a ball and surround it entirely with tape, basically making it impossible to get into. It's humorous to me. <laughs> That's a dick move. Yeah, it is. Uh, but appreciated. All right, uh, let's see what the masses picked for us to talk about today. Uh, let's see. Uh, the new Avatar movie. That did not win. Don't care. Uh, best, hol- 
best holiday gifts that we've ever received that also did not win uh the creepy mark zuckerberg deep fake video that came out uh which obviously was not him but made a lot of people and some within his own company think it was him um which is kind of scary but that didn't win so we won't talk about that uh what did win another question for you uh real tree or a fake tree fake tree just easier absolutely buy it one time absolutely. don't have to deal with it i understand the appeal of a real tree but it's too much of a pain in the ass you've got to deal with going to get the thing you've got to water it you've got to throw it away you've got to make sure it doesn't burn your house down i go artificial it's just easier yeah, i we are in agreement I, I had uh real trees for years and uh no way no way Jose. Ultimately, I do it because I'm cheaper, right? I, wait, I can pay $60 for a real tree every year, or I can get this fake one for 45 bucks after Christmas? That's an easy decision. Oh, I mean, I it's not money for me. I mean, it does make sense, but uh, no, man. Fake tree, you don't have the, the cleanup. I actually think it looks better. Okay, are you ready for our top Are, are you ready for our top five? Uh, yes. So... Our top five is top five Hallmark Christmas movies. But the catch is we haven't actually seen any of these movies. It's just by looking at title only. And there are 175 Hallmark Christmas movies that have been made in the last two decades. A hundred, Think about that. 175 Hallmark Christmas movies have been made in the last 10 to 15 years, which is incredible. I'm actually kind of surprised that's it. I mean, I feel like there's way more, but... Think about how many uh, movies. Apparently not. That's like five movies. No. Five movies every year over 10 years would only be 50 movies. They're making like 10 to 15 Hallmark Christmas movies every single year. Which is insane. I mean, they're they're quite profitable, obviously. I mean, how many major TV stars have gone into Hallmark and are, are now set for life? Well, none. But there are people no, that you're kind of like, oh, that... Oh, that's what happened to them. Like somebody, the one that I can think of, she was in Sex and the City, but the least famous of the four women from Sex and the City, she does Hallmark movies now. No, I mean, there has to be. Like uh, Candace Bure, right? I don't know who that is. Well, that's because you didn't watch TV as a a child, apparently. Who's Candace Bure? She was in... uh, um... The show with Bob Saget. Uh, oh, my God. Full House. Family Matters. Full House. Yeah, no. <laughs> family Matters. Is family Matters. Different. Was family, Ma- family Matters was a better show, though, family by Matters far, was right? Family show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So these are our top five Hallmark Christmas movies by title only. Haven't seen the movie, just simply the title of the movie. What's your number five? I this is gonna be the I this is gonna be ridiculous. Um, I put put my number five uh, as a Christmas in Dollywood. Okay, do you have the description? Because I looked up the descriptions for the movies too. Give us the synopsis. Uh, it says here the movie uh, is when a New York City event planner returns to Tennessee to organize the Christmas celebration at Dollywood. She's paired with the head of operations. Who thinks he can handle the party just fine on his own? Mm. I actually, okay, I could potentially, 
I, w- I mean, I would never watch it, but is, Do- is Dolly Parton in it? Yeah, she is. Yep. Okay. Well, that kind of actually probably makes that c- potentially could watch it. Uh, my number five is Window Wonderland, where a department store window decorator learns there is a vacancy for her dream job in the run-up to Christmas, only to find a professional rival has his love or has his eye on it, too. But will love ensue? Window Wonderland. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine so pitching good. that movie? Like, who's it going to be? <sighs> Marketing. Oh, we I were mean, out of that one. PR. Well, we had a. Um, how about a window decorator? Oh, we haven't done that. Okay. I mean, ho- Hollywood. Hollywood thinks it's hard to come up with new ideas. Imagine being Hallmark for these things. Oh, all right. All right. All right. What's your number four? All right, my number four is the Christmas heart. Uh, and the synopsis is a when a teenage boy desperately needs a heart transplant on Christmas Eve of all times, his family and neighbors' 40-year tradition of lining their street with Christmas luminaries is put on hold. When his parents pray for a donor on a stormy night, the neighbors suddenly realize their luminaries could have a deeper purpose. Did they then go put up all the... Luminaries. I'm assuming that the, I'm assuming that the neighborhood all bands together to put up the luminaries, and it's a land. Yeah. I bet it's a landing step for Santa. That's that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, too. yeah. Okay, my number four is naughty or nice, mainly because it seems like an adult film, but it's actually a Hallmark Christmas movie. A down on her luck <laughs> advertising executive becomes the custodian of Santa's famous naughty or nice list. Hilarity must ensue. Okay, it, it must be funny. I don't think so. It's on Hallmark. Uh, I only went with this one because I really like a big fat or my big uh, Greek wedding or whatever. My big fat Greek wedding. Do you have that this on DVD? Called a... I do actually. Well, I don't. My wife brought it. Into you have relationship. It on, Man, there's a whole bunch of blaming other people, right? It's my father-in-law's. It's my wife's. When are you going to be the man, dude? When are you going to step up and take accountability? (laughs) (laughs) Take accountability. Um, (laughs) A a big fat family Christmas is my number three. Uh, Liv gets an assignment to photograph the Chang family's annual holiday party for a front page story. Nobody at work knows that, that they are her family. Hmm. She wants to confide in her new coworker, but doesn't want to jeopardize her big break. Why do I feel like this is going to be a little racist? Right? Uh, Why do I feel I like I... there's some racial undertones <laughs> to this movie? Think you're the only one that's uh, thinking that, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I just feel like feel like something offensive probably gets said in this movie. Like, wait, what are they doing? All these movies are so fucking terrible. terrible. Oh, wait, but not this one. Ice Sculpture Christmas. Callie, an aspiring chef with her childhood friend David, enters into Callie's club's annual Christmas ice sculpting competition against her boss. Callie's passions for cooking and ice sculpting are met with romance and Christmas spirit. Because that's what fucking happens. Oh, boy. Well, um... (laughs) I don't even... I like I'm li- I look at this list and I'm just like I don't I don't even know what to say like there's literally 175 it's of these an unbelievable things. number of movie, Christmas movies 
Okay, what's like your number? Uh, I have I have <laughs> two for my number two. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is a cookie cutters Christmas. Mm, I saw that one. I thought about it, but didn't go with it. Uh, two school teachers take their rivalry to a new level while they scramble to win a holiday baking contest in the affections of a handsome single father. All these movies are basically the same. Two, pe- oh, yeah. two people competing 100%. against each other. Somebody loses their love for Christmas and finds it. Something terrible happens to a family with a Christmas tradition. It's basically just the same three movies remade in different ways. Like Ice Sculpture Christmas is exactly the same as Window Wonderland. They just switched it out. <laughs> just a different title. Um, I, I wonder if they uh, film them like in the same places. Like if they just reuse the same. They sets. probably do. They're probably like, um, hey, so get rid of the ice sculpture. We need to just bring in a window dresser. Like just scratch out this name and put it in there. Same script. <laughs> Why even rewrite it? Okay. Which, so what, what? what's your number uh, two? Then you have two I have of them? a tie. I have a tie for number two. Uh, it's a tie between Battle of the Bulbs. Bob Wallace makes sure to go all out every year on Christmas decorations so that he can have the brightest and most festive house in his neighborhood. This year, he notices that his new neighbor has put up an even brighter and more lavish display. The fight is on when they declare war for the best in Battle of the Bulbs. And this one, for some reason, just seems to be a little bit funny to me. Uh, It's Christmas, Carol. It's Christmas Eve in Chicago, and heartless tyrant publishing executive Carol is haunted by her dead ex-boss, who's the ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> present, and future. It's fucking – it's a Christmas story, but it's Christmas, oh, comma, Carol. Oh, man. Yeah, who's watching uh, these just... movies? Like, who's watching this? I don't know. <laughs> like, I like some ridiculous shit, but these are, I mean, this is terrible. Uh, terrible. It's surprisingly been fantastic to look up. Um, number one. My number one is <laughs> Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus. I saw that one. It's Not description. Saw uh, it, like, I saw the title and was like, oh, that's pretty good. Nick's plan to let fate bring his wife to him must be altered because he must replace his father as Santa Claus on December 26th. I don't know why December 26th. Uh, Ernst, the right-hand man to several generations of Santas, generates a list of potential mates. Nick dutifully sets off to meet them, but fate may have a candidate Mm. after all. And that stars Steve Guttenberg or Gutenberg. Like, that's He's a pretty big name. Yeah, but that's probably one of the most famous Hallmark actors. He's still working. Yeah, and his just in that he's movie. He's still out there. God, how much do you think he hates being there? Right? Um, or is he just happy he to have some work? Yeah, he probably he probably doesn't hate the paychecks. Oh, that's for sure. Uh, my number one is Jingle and Bell's Christmas Star. It is in Jingle and Bell. Jingle the husky pup and his buddy Andrew meet some new friends. A girl's Andrew's age, Sophia, and her husky pup, this is the actual description, Belle, who was previously referred to as Jingle, well, it's not very well written, 
didn't put a lot of effort in this description. <laughs> They've moved from sunny Palm City to Pineville weeks before Christmas and with no friends and nothing to expect. Can these two dogs help their lovers or help their owners find love? I mean, it does have dogs in it. I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped reading when you struggled the first time. Yeah, I didn't do so well. I have trouble with reading. What's in your honorable mention? There's like, I've got so many. Uh, um, all right, I'll pick out three here because I also uh, put a bunch on the list. Um, Angels and Ornaments. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, three suitors pursue a, roman- a hopeless romantic after she makes a wish to find true love before Christmas. Uh, fur Crazy. But fur is F-I-R after the kind of Christmas tree. Uh, Jesus Christ. And then my last one, uh, which is completely deceiving, is the Sons of Mistletoe. And that is a uh, uh, the description, and it's simple. A foster home for boys is in danger of being closed when its benefactor dies. Oh, that, sounds, that doesn't really sound like a happy movie. Um, okay, I've got a bunch, so I'm just going to list them off. Matchmaker Santa... Christmas Land, Best Christmas Party Ever, A Very Merry Mix-Up, Annie Claus is Coming to Town, The Santa Incident, Love on Ice, Switched for Christmas, and The Christmas Secret, all of which are basically the same movie. Like you said earlier, I think it's hard. You could take out one word of each description of every movie we talked about, except for The Sons of Mistletoe. Uh, and everything's, I mean, they're all the same movie. Yeah. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oof. Um, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I probably have to go. It's a wonderful life. For me, it's planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps out the show. Episodes are available on YouTube. Episodes come out in podcast form, audio form, I should say, on Wednesdays. And then we put them up on YouTube on Thursdays. And it can be, especially in this case, right? You can see how he is actually doing it. And it's amazing. It's so interesting to see just all the different things that people can do. And what what you can really do if you if you put your mind to it. I know that's kind of the thing that like, right, your parents told you that when you were a little kid and you were like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it's fascinating all the different things that people are capable of. And you just never know. I can, you know, say this from personal experience. You just never know what you're going to be interested in or what could be something that could really bring you joy. Wishing you some holiday joy this holiday season. Let us know if you've ever actually watched a Hallmark Christmas movie. We've never, I've never watched one. They just seem terrible. But maybe, maybe I'd really, really like it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.